0: so weird it is very very weird feels so good and so bad at the same time i have the late afternoon sleepies i feel like that's usually a a phenomenon where you've been working all day which i haven't been working all day but what have
1: you been doing all day
0: It's shabbat i've been fucking off as the lord commanded
1: i think we should petition for a A two-day Shabbat. (laughs)
0: Two-day Shabbat. See, that's what the Israelites of the Torah really got wrong, is they stopped after they got one Shabbat. They really should have put the pressure on God to give them two Shabbats, and then we would be living in a a society with better labor rights.
1: Yeah, but, you know, the leverage there isn't as good, you know, because God can just destroy you.
0: I don't know, though. I mean, this is literally the premise of a very wonderful book talking about God's needs, but God seems to need the Israelites pretty bad. God seems to be pretty upset by the Israelites messing around with other gods. If I were an omnipotent, beyond all conceptions of being, being, I feel like I w- wouldn't take it so personally.
1: Yeah, I don't know. If anyone could negotiate it, it'd be Abraham.
0: Yes, right. Proven negotiator. Proven contract negotiator, Avraham Avinu.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe he should be working for sag Afra
0: Wow. Yeah, they should call him up. I'm sure they know him. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of juice there.
1: Fran knows.
0: Fra- right. Fran's running it all. And you know, she's got her finger on the space laser 24-7. She could press that thing anytime she wants.
1: That'd be funny.
0: Give Fran Drescher the space laser keys. Michael. Hi, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm fine. Um... You know, it was like reading Wikipedia pages on like Kabbalah and trying to Mm -hmm. understand it and Mm -hmm. failing utterly.
0: Classic. What Jew hasn't gone down the Wikipedia Kabbalah rabbit hole?
1: You know, once a a fiscal quarter, I am like, you know what? I'm going to figure this Kabbalah stuff out. (laughs) And then after like an hour, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to watch more of some show. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So I did that recently, and that was nice. You know, I'm visiting my parents right now. Oh,
0: cute. Yep, yep. Friend of the pod, your parents. Mm, Oh, yeah. Well, mostly your dad, but still.
1: My parents don't even acknowledge that I have a podcast.
0: Well, your dad's acknowledged it at least once, because he was on it.
1: Right. It was like the one time. It's like the equivalent of your dad saying, like, it's okay that you're gay. And then never, right. Ever <laughs> it's okay it, that but. you have
0: a podcast. I want you to know that I love you anyways.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: Listeners, if you haven't already, go back and listen to our interview with Michael's dad about his life in communist Ukraine. It's great. Uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty neat.
0: Very, it'll provide you a lot of insight into Michael's psychology.
1: Uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm fine. I feel like there's got to be something. You know, the corn is, is coming up or the pumpkins. Just are... generally
0: or in your garden specifically. No, in the garden, <laughs> in the garden.
1: And the pumpkins are starting to get orange.
0: Oh, wow. That's cute. Pumpkins take so long. Yeah. Pumpkins, pumpkins and long. melons both are just two things that when you're growing them, it feels like they're never going to be done.
1: Well, yeah, they're, they've are they taken over. We got some zooks. We got some cukes. We got some tomates. and cukes. Coming up, you know, so.
0: Wow, you're gardening up a storm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Next thing you know, you're going to be taking produce over to the neighbors to welcome them to the neighborhood.
1: actually gave my uh, dad a bag of purple potatoes.
0: Wow, to let him know that you're the dad now. Yeah, yeah. You're going to start providing for him. That was the final emasculation that every father must eventually experience
1: oh actually our neighbors across the street they kind of asked us out
0: oh (laughs) hey they made the first we've been watching you from across the street we really like your vibe
1: no no here's what they did they were going on vacation and they said could we feed their cats
0: I, um that's just like a a normal thing to do
1: Uh, okay i feel like that's that's significant. That's a significant relationship. Yeah, it's escalating
0: hormone. the the neighborly relationship. I thought you meant they like hit on you as a couple.
1: Oh, no, 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 no.
0: You can see how a gal would be confused oh, by your language. No,
1: no, no. no. This was like a total like normal. Not that that isn't normal for people to <laughs> do that. I don't want to give you the wrong idea.
0: Yeah. But God, uh, I hope you have like a queer and trans child someday, because you're going to be such, uh, you would be such like a weird supportive parent. You're like, whatever your gender is, not that it's weird to have a different gender or whatever, whatever weird stuff you want to do. That's fine with me.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess so. They also had a lizard. So crickets had to be given to the lizard. A wow. well, grunge girl was more excited Gross. about
0: that. Cheers out there, everyone who has lizards. I just couldn't handle all the bug handling.
1: No, I'm not about it. And also the cat food, I'm not about that either. Not about
0: Oh, that. yeah. Just just cat food as a, as a whole.
1: Like, it was the wet cat food? It's terrible. Yeah. That's what's happening. How are you, Ava?
0: Ruchashem. Like I said, late afternoon sleepies. So, you know, feeling very sleepy. Uh, it's been a very cozy Shabbat chilling out, playing video games, reading books, cooking food, just that chill stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Stuff is good. Show is next class. Fruit, fruit Camp starts this week. I'm really excited because the second, so not this week, but next week, I'm going to be teaching an intro to Aramaic course, which I just think is really cool because it was really hard for me to make the leap from Hebrew to Aramaic. I feel like there aren't that many great resources about getting over that divide. Two things are cool about it. Like one, finally having enough knowledge to teach a course on it. And two, like doing the course that I wish I had had so that other people don't have to spend as much time Googling as I did.
1: Great. Okay, good.
0: This week is The Shape of the Duff, which Benya is going to be teaching all about the, um, literally the shape of the Duff, all of the cool stuff that is on a page of Talmud.
1: All right. Neat, 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 neat. Neat,
0: neat. Yeah. Neat, 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 neat. Neat, neat, neat. Michael, we've gathered here today to witness you bringing a dank, sticky nug of that medical-grade Talmud.
1: Uh, Yeah, I have brought some of that. I have brought a little bit.
0: Great. Dose me, bro.
1: Before I go, go into the big thing, I want to share a little thing that I found. Remember how I was talking about how evolution... It's real, but it's evil and wrong. You know, we're talking about that. <laughs> and earlier. we
0: all should have just stayed like a, a, a primordial soup.
1: Well, there's that take. And we've talked about that take that the rabbis basically had, which is right, it would right. be better for us not to have existed. But since we do exist, we have to Tough make luck. the best of it and do the mitzvahs anyway. But uh, I was arguing it more because it's really fucked up how big all the animals were. And that's just wrong. And oh, scary, right. Yeah. Right? Well, I did find out that there was a rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Lifshitz, the author of Tiferet Yisrael, which was a commentary on the Mishnah. So, Orthodox rabbi, at turn of the 20th century, was when they were starting to find fossils and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what's the deal? Is this real? Right. And he wrote this letter to someone, I think it was a letter, that basically said, oh, this is awesome, this is like totally confirmed by the kabbalah by the Kabbal, the by the kabbalists the kabbalists people always
0: forget about the dinosaurs in the kabbalah people <laughs> think it's all about magic and shit but they never think about the extensive scientific sections covering dinosaurs
1: <laughs> well though no, he doesn't say that quite we did an episode like our second episode was about shmita smita Like the sabbatical year, like every Mm -hmm. seven years, you know, whatever, the debts are forgiven. There's cosmic Shemitah. So we had this episode many weeks ago where we talked about how God created many worlds and destroyed them. And it's all based on this drosh. In Bereshit it says, and it was evening, as opposed to like it it was the first evening or it was evening and it Mm -hmm. was evening somehow implies that evenings existed in the past that time existed previous to the existence of the world and god or whatever the point is god created lots of worlds so this rabbi attributes dinosaurs to just being one of the worlds that god created the leftovers of that world Mm -hmm. and so he's very excited by the idea of fossils because um it's just like yeah the uh, the Kabbalahist people talking about cosmic smita, like the, that the world would be created and destroyed seven times. That's like what happened.
0: Oh, so the fossils let, like prove that there was things that were existing before. Basically, the previous worlds were dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, and now we like live more in like a refined world of something or other. Right. The things are like smaller, but like more... Refined. I don't know. He has his old biological theory.
0: Okay. That's cute. That's a cute take. You just sent me. Uh, I sent you. It's just a funny comic that you, what you said reminded me of this. I think about it all the time.
1: Did it take a long, what? Uh,
0: Because time doesn't exist yet because it's the land before time. Oh.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This conversation was like really tuned to that (laughs) webcomic. Anyway, dinosaurs evolution totally god's mistakes
1: god's mistakes now i want to bring you something that i came across somehow this connected to this i don't know how
0: okay just so you got lost in the sauce i got lost in the sauce sauce.
1: and i kind of bet you know this story but i'm going to tell it to you anyway ketu boat 77b okay so the first thing you need to know is i'm going to send you this word how do you pronounce that word in your opinion
0: Oh it's so tiny I'm gonna have to paste it into another field so I can see it bigger. Uh, I would pronounce this word Raton.
1: Is it Ra or Ra
0: no that that olive is just making you think that it seems like it would be Raton because you would think the olive gets its own syllable because we often think of olive as a in English yeah but that olive is just there because it's a part of a root and it doesn't have a vowel under it. This word can actually be written without the aleph at all.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So anyway, ratan is not just a...
0: A lovely style of porch furniture.
1: It is a type of mysterious disease that afflicts people for various reasons that the rabbis were afraid to get near people who had it. Okay. So there's a whole passage where they talk about different rabbis, how they, like, won't associate with people that have ratan... And they won't go in these particular areas. And at the very end, it says, uh, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, he would attach himself to them, the people with Ratan, and study Torah, saying from Proverbs 519, the Torah is a loving, hind, and graceful doe. If it bestows grace on those who learn it, does it not protect them from the illness? Oh, so this is the context for the story that follows. So we have okay. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, He's kind of an upstanding guy. He's teaching Torah to the people with Ratan. And now we have a story about when Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi was on the verge of dying.
0: Mm-hmm. And people said, well, 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 Mr. Didn't Want to Wear a Mask.
1: <laughs> well, that's what you think would happen, right? But the angel's God, whoever's in charge, sends the angel of death. To visit Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi, mm-hmm. the Angel of Death went and appeared to him. Yehoshua Ben Levi said to him, "Show me my place," as in like, "Show me my place in paradise." Right. And the Angel of Death, knowing that Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi is this really upstanding guy, like, "Oh my God, he's so great." He's like, "Okay, sure, I'll go." You're and gonna have you.
0: a parking spot and everything.
1: Exactly, Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi says to him, give me your knife, because it's going to scare me, like, while we're on our journey to where I'm going to end up. Like, while we're on this little mini tour prior to my death.
0: Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi has very, like, Aesop's Fables vibes right now.
1: (laughs) Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's some flying. So, anyway, the angel of death is like, okay, sure. And he hands over his knife. So, what we've learned so far is that the angel of death kills people with a knife, apparently.
0: Right. Which I did not really know before this moment
1: they arrive to paradise you know heaven wherever it is
0: almost paradise
1: and the angel of death or whatever form of transportation somehow rabbi Yehoshua is lifted so he can see into paradise and is shown what it looks like and at that moment rabbi Yehoshua jumps and falls onto the other side and like (laughs) escapes into paradise as as a living person as a living person Iconic. (laughs) Did you not know this story? Great
0: move. No, it like tickled something in the back of my brain, but I didn't know what was going to happen, which means I must not. Either I don't remember it or I've never fully heard it before.
1: That's great. So we have a situation where a living person has gotten into... The afterlife, right?
0: Right. The alarms are going off, the searchlights are activating on the hev- all along the heavenly watchtower.
1: The angel of death grabs Rabbi Yehoshua, and Rabbi Yehoshua says he swears to him that he will not come back with him back to earth. And God says, okay, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, if there had ever been a time in your life where you had requested the dissolution of an oath that you made, then you have to go back. But, since that wasn't the case, since basically any time Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levy in his lifetime ever made an oath, he never asked for it to be revoked. He basically always stuck to the oath, or at least always mm-hmm. stuck to getting punished for not doing the oath. He didn't have to go back with the angel of death, and so he was allowed to stay in paradise.
0: Wow, okay. I feel like this is very the opposite Of what I usually think of a Talmudic rabbi, of being like, oh, like, I'm accepting my fate from the heavens, you know, like, God always has a plan. Joshua Levy's like, fuck God's plan. I'm not dying. (laughs) I'm out of here. But
1: God seems to be fine with it. God seems to be fine. Then the angel of death says to him, he's like, okay, fine, but can you give me back my knife?
0: (laughs) Right, what about the knife? Chekhov's angel of death's knife.
1: And Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi doesn't want to give it to him. He's like, no.
0: (laughs) What a brat.
1: Well, this would be great. Then no one would ever have to die, right? This would be great.
0: Right. He's just really quick before I go trying to abolish death from the earth.
1: But then we have a divine voice comes and says, you got to give him the knife because it's necessary that like all created things like will die. Then Elijah just shows up and is like, hey, everyone, look at this. We got like, it's your pal, Elijah. Like we got this Yehoshua Ben Levi. That's cool. Like, welcome. Welcome. Just a random Elijah just makes an appearance just to say what's up.
0: Great. Great. Wow. I mean, this is a great Story. I'm really confused by Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi's behavior. It's like, like I said, the opposite of every everything you expect from a Talmudic rabbi stealing things. Oh yeah, like obtaining divine implements under false pretenses. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, The story goes on. Oh. So Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi is walking around paradise and he crashes into Shimon ben Yochai, a Tana from many generations before him, sitting on 13 golden stools.
0: Very confused about how that's working out, but...
1: I don't know if the stools are very small or Shimon ben Yochai has a very interesting biology. Right. Ben Yochai asks, Are you the son of Levi? And Yoshua ben Levi says, Yes. And then Shimon ben Yochai says, Well, has a rainbow ever been seen while you were alive on earth? Ben Levi says, Yes. Shimon says, Well, in that case, you're not the son of Levi. So there's this whole lot of explanation of what this means. There's this idea, perhaps, that if there's a righteous man living on Earth, then there isn't a reason for us to see the rainbows.
0: Oh, right. Because the rainbow is basically, we all think of it as this cute thing, but it's really God throwing a plate against the wall.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because of the whole Noah thing. It's it's, it's its kind of interesting. It's maybe a little bit similar to the Laved Vovnik thing that, mm-hmm. that we've talked about, and it's pretty right. well known. Now we can just add another myth to that collection where... If there is a righteous person on the planet, perhaps maybe the future Messiah, who knows, then in that person's lifetime there will not be a rainbow scene.
0: Which I guess means the Lahmed Vavniks are not around, then.
1: <laughs> you would think. So I mean if this is the if this is your take, then I guess not. But the Gemara goes on and says, actually there weren't any rainbows seen while Yehoshua and ben levy was alive and
0: the earth was completely heterosexual during that period
1: and he just didn't want to take credit he was just trying to to not take
0: like no they're <laughs> rainbows
1: cool. there were rainbows. no there around. were
0: totally rainbows you guys i'm
1: not that righteous come on and there you go apparently another rabbi there's another story that follows rabbi hanina ben papa Who's a couple mm-hmm. generations ahead of Ben Levy also pulls the same trick on the Angel of Death. Gets in
0: now. Everybody's going to think all they have to do is steal the Angel of Death's knife.
1: Yeah, I mean he does all sorts of, th- and people are like, "Well, Hanina wasn't as good because he didn't study with the people that had the raton disease." But like he's he got in too because he's like pretty cool and smart and righteous and whatnot. And apparently there was like a big pillar of flame around his body and all sorts of crazy stuff happened wow well, th- we won't go th- the into the club that.
0: of people who got to go to paradise alive was much more exclusive
1: apparently it's two
0: well no uh, but also elijah well we went don't to
1: really know do we
0: do we know well he got scooped up by chariots of fire
1: we all know that was ufos from like alpha <laughs> centauri or something that wasn't maybe we can't conflate angels and paradise with aliens which are objectively real. we
0: absolutely can and we will
1: all right fine sure so anyway that's the story of how rabbi yehoshua ben Levi got into heaven alive
0: wow this is again another one of those wonderful sections of talmud that makes me think why'd they put this in there <laughs> who thought you know what really needs to make the cut this story's gotta get in there
1: I wonder if it's just a comment on Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levy's character. Like, I could imagine telling a story like this about someone uh, greeting death a certain way with humor or, like, fighting against it and Mm -hmm. having that be just a reflection on that person's character. I wonder if that's what it is at the end of the day. It's, like, uh, basically some sort of commemoration of rabbi Yoshua ben levy and what sort of person he was like
0: got it it's like the the stories that the bros tell at the funeral of the frat parties that he was a part of yes yeah,
1: is a bro story
0: well, that's a cute story <laughs> i like that story
1: yeah it's pretty good
0: there are a lot of uh plot holes still <laughs> left open like when did the angel of death get a knife what implications does this have if we accept the premise that the angel of death and satan are the same person. Yeah, it's introduced a lot of new elements to the Talmud cinematic universe that that weren't here before. And now every subsequent movie is going to have to deal with them. Same problem as every cinematic universe, you know, eventually you just get too much stuff in there. You have to reboot the whole thing. That's what happened to the dinosaurs. God just got tired of the drama. It was like Triceratops, Brachiosaurus, I can't keep up with this shit. Wrap it up.
1: I don't think I've told you what Grunge Girl's answer to this, my problem was about the dinosaurs and how it's not cool that they existed. She, <sighs> sa- she said to me, well, God created the dinosaurs and they're like big. And he's like young. He's a young God. He's like into big stuff. It's like big <laughs> right. and cool.
0: Sports car, monster truck
1: vibe. Yeah, But then he like got a little bit more mature, a little more sophisticated. So then he like just was like, you know what? I could like just deal with smaller creatures. Right.
0: Humans are like the Toyota Camrys of existence. Yeah,
1: and so God was like, I want like smaller, interesting creatures that are just always depressed. So he just (laughs) destroys all the dinosaurs.
0: Wow, great. Well, I hope God doesn't change their mind anytime soon about what they're interested in. Although if we can go back to being giant sloths, I'm open to that.
1: I'm, I'm fine with being a giant sloth. I'm not fine with being next to a giant sloth, you know?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Which is weird. I guess that means I'm like, I don't know what that
0: Sloth-phobic, means. sloth first of all. But
1: I'm cool with being the sloth, you know? That's, right,
0: right. I just wouldn't want my child to marry a sloth, you know?
1: It's like a weird form of, like, projected Oh self-hatred. my god, you're
0: a self-hating sloth.
1: I'm like, yeah, I'm an imaginary self-hating sloth. But I want to tell you one other crazy thing I learned in my adventure into uh, gods and fossils. Okay. There was, like, millions of years where there were trees, mm-hmm. but there were no bacteria to eat. The lignin in the trees.
0: Ooh, so yeah. You
1: just had trees piling up, just piling up on the ground. Nothing, and they weren't really rotting. Yeah. They were like at best eroding, like rocks.
0: Mm-hmm. Whoa, that must and crazy. Uh,
1: yeah, and then there would be fires, but it, it would be like so thick it wouldn't burn at all. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be covered with stuff and compressed over millions of years, and like that's apparently where some fossil fuels come from. Wow. Well. So, I don't know if that's true, but...
0: Well, it's a very cool idea.
1: Can you imagine if wood didn't rot? It just Yeah.
0: I mean, I imagine there were times when lots of things didn't rot, because I don't think all the decomposers came about at once. Science Jews, let us know. If yeah, you know.
1: write in, tell us, tell us what you know, just blow our minds with facts.
0: Blind us with science.
1: Yeah, blind us with, you know, ancient stuff. We love it. That's all I have for you, Ava.
0: Thanks for the nug, Michael. I can I can feel it already. Good. My spirits are lifted. Well, thanks for tuning in, beloved listeners. We will continue to work on Temple OS behind the scenes, continue to pump out patron episodes every so often, and we'll be back next week with some more nonsense. So for now, shavu atov.
1: (laughs) you <laughs>